0: What is up? My name is Kevin and I'm an online fitness coach who helps men in their 20s lose weight and get asked for the first time through mindset, nutrition, and training. That's enough about me. Let's get right into today's episode. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to the Lift Inspire Podcast. Today, we're talking about the Q&As with my clients. So, we cover over cardio, a steady state, or hit cardio better. Which machine is the most beneficial for weight loss? In cardio, at least. Next up is the mind-muscle theory, the mind-muscle connection, when to use it, what is it, How is it applied? Also, I give you some great tips. Next is going to be working out. Should you skip the workout and take a rest day if you didn't have a good night's sleep? You probably know my answer. Lastly is going to bench press shoulder position. So I struggled with this for the longest time in my life, and I'm going to teach you exactly how you should bench press so you grow some great chest muscles. All right. So first of all, thank you guys for tuning in this week. We got a couple topics today. We're basically covering over uh, cardio, is like steady state versus hits. Some guys might know what that is. I'll explain it in more in depth. Also like the mind muscle theory, this is actually one I'm generally excited to talk about. I love that stuff. And I personally found really great progress in terms of my muscle um, growth and also like changes in my body. Want to really kind of understood this and actually implement it. So if you guys aren't using this right now and when to implement it and when not to, this can actually make a really big difference, and it made a big difference to me personally. I'll explain more about that. So I'm going to give a little teaser over here. All right, third is working out. So when you don't have a, night, like a good night's sleep, should you take a rest day or go again the next day. Lastly is bench, press, shoulder, position, or form. I personally struggled with that one for the longest time either, and I could like I could not feel my chest or grow my chest for the life of me after the longest time until I really kind of fixed these things up because nobody actually corrected my form. I was just kind of doing it and doing it for the longest time, I think like five or six years of doing bench press until I actually learned how to actually bench press. And I really wish people actually taught me all these small little cues and so forth. All right, so we got a couple more people tuning in. Uh, There you go, getting more party over here, get started. All right, so covered over these topics, um, I'm not gonna go reiterate them, but I'm just gonna jump straight to it. So welcome, Sean. Welcome, Scott. And also welcome, Blake. Welcome back. I know you guys are tuning in for last week. Uh, Sean, I don't think I saw you last week. All right. So cardio steady states versus hits. So I'm pretty sure you guys law know what. Oh shoot, Justin's tuning in. Look at that. All right, what's up, Justin? There you are. I haven't you here. First time here. Look at that. All right. So cardio steady states versus hits. You guys know what steady state and hit is. Guys, do drop a yes in the comments over there. All right, awesome. So, most guys know what it is itself, which is great. Basically, sum it up itself is going to low kind of intensity versus during intervals. It's high intensity interval training, like the run it, run a minute, and like you walk a minute itself and which form of cardio is best. So I would say it's different scenarios of when to kind of use both of them, but most of them, or most of the time, you should be doing pretty much less training, so steady state. And the reason for that is because hit training causes a lot of muscular fatigue, and that's going to affect your workouts themselves. And our workouts are what we want to have the like most energy for, because let's just say you guys did like hits training every single day, do some running for intervals, itself or in the cycle, do some animals, like one minute run, one minute jog, your legs are going to be very sore and they're not going to be able to cover. And when you do your leg day, let's say, and you're just squat squatting 225 normally, you might only be able to squat like 160 pounds, right? And now when you squat that 160 pounds down itself, instead of like the 225 you were, that's not going to be great, right? So you're going to struggle to actually keep that muscle in the legs and chances are you're probably going to lose quite a bit of muscle in that leg itself because it's hard to recover from because actually training of the hit side of things isn't going to build the legs, right? It's not a great enough resistance in that sense. Uh, so that's why you want to limit that hits to maybe like one or two days a week in that aspect. And generally you want to do it not like a pretty much not on the leg either, because you're not going to actually truly do hit, you're not going to actually go hard enough for hit to be hit. Does so that make sense? Because high intensity interval training. And ideally, it'd probably be a day that would be like two days before leg day or something. Like that's in that kind of sense. So you guys got to do hit training on, let's say running or like a cycle. That's my personal go-to itself on the cycle. Like on those spin bikes just going all for like a minute and like kind of light pedal for like a minute itself, because that's going to cause less kind of muscular damage in that sense to the leg muscles and can recover just a little bit more, but you're still getting your heart rate up at the very, very kind of high pace over there. So, um, also, somebody asked what machine is the most beneficial in that kind of form itself. I'm, uh, I'm gonna adjust that one and then adjust Justin's comment over here. So, uh, what machine is the most beneficial in terms of cardio wise? I wouldn't say it is the most beneficial. One, I personally use Stairmaster because it burns the most calories a minute for minute wise, but also I learned to love it over time. At first, I absolutely hated it, I just found the treadmill really boring and actually kind of almost um, fucked my calves a little bit because I really like really tight calves. I just kind of felt a little more comfortable from like your treadmill over time. So I personally like Stair Mask is getting more like a mental challenge. I find it goes by faster too. Like I don't know if you guys maybe find one cardio machine goes by faster generally cardio minute for minute wise it takes or feels like it's longer especially compared to when you're using your bench press or your actual weight training. So I find like stairmaster Master in that sense goes by faster than like a treadmill minute if that makes sense. So that's why I personally prefer one of the Stairmaster a minute for minute Wise, it burns more and I sweat more from it too. Is one the swing doesn't really make big indicator, but I just yeah overall it's like it feel it best, sweat more, and it just gives me the most uh, mental challenge. And I like that mental challenge over there. Now I know a lot of people they use like goals or treadmills, it's basically wherever the one that you can stick with or do enjoy the most because ultimately in the day, if you're getting the cardio done, that's gonna be the best kind of form. So, whatever one you do enjoy the most, I'd probably recommend that one itself of all of them. All right, so what I would, I mean cycle wise, I probably wouldn't recommend a cycle as much because cycle burns very, very little calories. I'd rather do the elliptical or the treadmill. The cycle is too, too easy in that sense. All right, so if a hit is done at the end after the workout, maybe a rest day, the next day, a killer, yes, your master after killer. So yeah, pretty much you'd want to do the hits after the workout, absolutely. And if you're resting the next day, that would be ideal, right? So that'd be great itself. You probably kind of rest up, or even sometimes doing the hits on a the rest day could be beneficial too as well on that aspect. All right. So if anybody's questions on that, you could drop it down in the comments. I actually really excited to talk about the mind muscle theory though. So what the mind muscle theory is is basically I do a lot of videos on this on Instagram, also on my TikTok. And that's actually what really blew me up, especially at first section of my TikTok. Like that was like, mean, like a series itself, just implementing like the mind muscle connection because nobody was doing it at the time. And I actually used to do skits a long time ago that I stopped them because it didn't get as much traction. And I kind of brought it back not too, too long ago, back in like August. That's how most of you guys probably found me on the social media. So, mind muscle connection, the mind muscle theory itself is basically like a theory of let's just say we lifted a dumbbell itself, or we curled the dumbbell. And then the next kind of person focused on flexing the bicep the whole time while he's curling the dumbbell itself. And he actually felt that muscle. And then that guy, who's focused on flexing that bicep the whole time, actually saw more muscle growth. And that actually showed through studies, uh, based on mind-muscle connections, what we're kind of talking about, the ability to feel a specific muscle specific muscle during a specific exercise. I'm going to really kind of emphasize that because let's say I'm on a bench press. It works like your shoulders, triceps, your chest. I struggled for the longest time ever to feel my chest on the bench press, and I just felt all my shoulders, all my shoulders in I could not grow my chest for the life of me. Like I had like the flat chest, eight cups over there. Now so I really kind of figured out these small little techniques and cues, um, uh, to really grow that. Like for, I'll give you, for example, itself is like when I personally do the bench. I mean, there's also like the form technique is set up too, as well, but, uh, a couple of cues I like to use in this advice, like every single exercise is basically being for the venture specifically. Let's talk about like bending the bar. I think the thing about bending the bar, as it kind of come down, so like bending the bar itself. If you even try to like right now, pull well hands up to think about bending the bar coming down. And then like at the very bottom, when you press up, you want to basically think about trying to touch your elbows together. And you can really feel your chest a little bit more, right? Because you guys just let say the bench press and go back and forth like this. You ain't gonna feel shit. I'll tell you that. You can do it like right now. But like when you actually think these really small cues and you have that weight under, like even if you don't have Anyway, right now, you literally just do it. Think about bending the bar coming down. I obviously can't bend the bar. I'm not super mad. Any of the guys are you? I don't think so. But and then you press up, you literally think about touching your bicep the whole time. Nice and slow. You can literally see your chest ink work more, but also feel that more. If you guys want to try that out right now, you guys can do that too as well. Now, for example, even like curls, let's give another example over here. So maybe you guys could um try these out maybe in the midair right now, is literally. Uh, when you flex your bicep, you know, you just kind of move your arm up and down, you're not going to feel shit. But if you actually think about like flexing your bicep, I think about bringing your forearm into your bicep the whole time. Like slow flexing of bicep, your bicep's going to s- squeeze and flex, right? So even doing that, you probably get a pump. I <laughs> uh, like the rows. I could grow my back for life. Me. Yeah. Visualizing how the muscle is supposed to work would probably work a lot. Yeah, that actually helps a lot too as well, is like looking at the muscle or just even like the rear delt, if I think about the rear itself, stuff, just visualizing my head, that can help a lot because like back muscles, they're kind of hard, but if you're actually visualizing cells like mentally, like, like kind of like zone out space, so when I want to do like back workouts and really kind of, it's called the internal focus, right? So this is what the study is actually kind of brought upon is internal versus external focus. This is what I really want to get into. So Let's go read off my notes over here that I wrote down. So there's a bench press study. Back to bench press because I was going to say it's Monday, but it's Tuesday, international bench or chest day. All right. So basically the bench press study showed one individual was just basically focused on increasing his tricep, his triceps or basically his pecs. So one person was like, hey, when you bench press, I want you to focus on triceps. Hey, the other person was like, hey, when you bench press, I want you to focus on your pecs. Right now, when both of them actually did the exercise themselves, whether that was bench or the triceps or the pec, they saw more growth in that specific area, right, which is pretty cool, because it's the same exact exercise, only one person was told to focus more and visualize the triceps. The other one was focused and more visualize your chest. And they both saw more EMG activation. That's basically what um, the fans can learn is really how much your muscle group is activating. They saw more activation in there. And they actually saw more muscle growth over their time to as well. Now, this applies more towards if you guys are using the anything below 80% of your one rep max, right? They actually did the decide to as well on how much weight they use. So, when they use, like, let's say, on my one rep max for like a bench is probably like 335 because I can be 30, 30, 30 for like three reps. So, I'm just gonna say like 335. So, I do some math on this one. Now, 80% of mine is 270 pounds. So, if I use 270 pounds, and I focus on my muscle connection itself, I could get pretty much full benefits and see more growth over there. But if I use anything more than that, I would not do that. Uh, it's not beneficial. There's pretty much nothing. Um, there's a complete drop off versus the weights after eight, more than 8% off in terms of like the muscle kind of activation. So it'd be better to focus on an external. So, what external is, is just focus on getting that weight up, right? Because I'm posting that much weight too. It's probably better to just focus on getting the weight up, right? Now, there's a couple exercises that would probably be better to actually just focus on getting weight up too as well, that I personally kind of use and don't use a mind mouse connection. I'm gonna tell you what these are. But the point is, let's say, if you use anything under 8% of the like 100 max, you can do that calculation, um, with basically whatever your numbers are. With my example, street 35 and bench press. If I use basically anything under 270 pounds, I can focus on mind muscle connection if I really want to grow my chest. And if you're focused on strength, I would just use an external focus anyways, but most of you guys probably not just focus on strength. External focus, once again, is just getting that weight up, right? Just doing anything to get that weight up over there. So, uh, for example, let's just say on the barbell squats, you could use a mind muscle connection over there, uh, up to like 80% of your one-rep max. My one-rep max, last time I did barbell squats, having done a while, is 405. So, I'd probably, I don't know, 80% of that one in calculations, but like, it wasn't going to be like... 360, 360 and under, I could use a mind muscle connection for that one and focus more on the leg development. But honestly, for the big compound lifts themselves, I would personally more use, like, like for the bubble squats and the deadlift, I would use more of like external. Even for like a bench press itself, we could use an internal Q and use more. But on that specific compound lift, I would specifically use more of an external belt. I would use pretty much the mind muscle connection for... All the other exercises though, like let's say dumbbell bench press, machine chest press, cable flies, but just because the bench press and like the, the barbell exercise in particular, I would personally use an external focus and just focus on more moving that weight kind of up itself unless kind of specified more on your opponent. So those are three exercises that I personally, and also if you're using focus on strength, that use an external focus. So once again, just move that kind of weight up itself and get that weight moving just because it incorporates so many muscle groups over there. And then there's the other exercise on your other program that you could use that internal focus, which is actually feeling that specific muscle you're trying to work. Right? So if you're doing, let's say, um, the shoulder, part, some people feel the triceps, you really want to focus on the shoulder, right? So visualize the shoulder over there. There's a couple of cues you could probably use it to as well, or like the lateral race. I mean, that is pretty isolated. You should just pretty much feel your lateral delts unless you're feeling the traps. You really want to focus on the mind muscle connection over there and like, visualize that lateral delt itself. And focus on like, well, you have, it's not really squeezed with a lot of doubts, different my different kind of feeling. Uh, it's like, for example, your biceps, you really like, you can feel that squeeze over there and it's different, but you want to focus on those things when it comes to actually growing that muscle and performing that exercise. This is something that I neglected for the longest time ever. Like when I was first started working out, I just wanted to lift the weight, right? Cause I so weak and I just did not want to look like that weak person in did. I was per- like my personal best when I first started benching like my my working weight was 55 pounds I'm not even kidding so I just had a bar and a five on each side the first time I went into there like that was I was struggling with that I got like eight reps and that was like my max right for like yeah 55 pounds not added 55 pounds like really just five pounds on each side of the barbell <laughs> it was just was embarrassing so obviously I was not gonna I didn't know what the fucking my most connection was then but doing more weight and actually using a good enough weight was something I was more focused on, even though my form shit, like, you know, bicep curls, maybe curl like the 15 pounds over there, but it was a like, really bad form. But like, I just wanted to lift more weight to uh, equal lifting for the longest time itself. If like Barbara Rose, I'd be like, swinging my whole body. And then like barbell back squats, I was like kind of quarter up in because I just was focused on, you know, adding more weight itself and just looking cooler. Cause I was that like, person when I first started working out and I made all those mistakes and, I did not see nearly as much muscle growth as I should have, right? So, when I really focused on A, perfecting my form, that's number one. B, also using my muscle connection cues. And I figured that I think it was like five years kind of in, Like then that's when my chest really started to grow. That's when my other body parts of my back started to grow more too, because I had the hardest time uh, feeling my back because you couldn't really see it. Like, I could just feel my biceps all the time. And some of you guys might kind of feel that, like for your back exercise, you may have a hard time. I struggled like, for the longest time and my arms just grew. And that was like the only compliment I ever got, really. It was like, yeah, you yeah, got nice arms, right? So I uh, yeah, well, I wasn't kicking on my shirt much. It was just nice tight sleeves, small, small shirt sleeves. And oh my god, yeah, I got nice arms. So arms were something that was my kind of key point over there. But other than that, your mind muscle connection, let's just say to the back, I want to give like one more over there. Is if you imagine like you're elbowing something. So you guys, let's just say put your arm over here. Like we're focused more of like the back muscle over here, not exactly the lats. Uh, mid-back. If you think about just pretty much if you're grossing really hard and pull back, you're probably gonna feel the bi split. But you let like say have like a loose grip or no grip at all, you literally think about trying to elbow someone behind you, or like elbow elbow someone behind you, chest up, you're gonna feel your back muscles working. If you try that really right now, you'll feel that so much more, In right? your back muscles. And a lot of times, especially when I made these mistakes is I used too much of my biceps. I literally just grabbed it as hard as I could focusing on like yanking that weight. And I could not figure out why my biceps were not growing. right? So these are some all, every single exercise where muscle group usually has like a small little kind of cues over there that will kind of help you out. And that's why I make a lot of those videos over there. And they personally really, really helped me out in that aspect. Hopefully guys got a little value in that one, helped you out and kind of know when to use that and kind of get the idea of the mind muscle connection and why it can help you out how it's important so with that being said i want to go reiterate the study on the biceps though so one of them was told to just basically lift the weight up for the bicep curls and the other one was told to flex the bicep the whole time during the bicep curls the one who was told to flex the bicep the whole time saw bicep growth growth of 12.4 percent versus one who was just told to lift that weight up with the bicep and you curl it only saw growth of 6.9%. So that's pretty much like, uh, you know, 200% increase over there, double the boat growth, which is pretty significant in that kind of sense. That's why I would definitely use and incorporate that strategy of the my muscle connection. If it means using lighter weights, I the promise you, you guys will see better results once you actually really get it down. And now once you really get it down too, like you'll feel how it feels and you can kind of like, refer back to that feeling right because if you don't know how it feels it's kind of hard to refer to that feeling and what it truly feels like like i promise you guys like i think justin re- before when i was teaching him about the bench stuff like he couldn't feel for a while i think i remember i know we have worked with me yeah. for like, what, a while now two and a half years doing that oh yeah there you go yeah he really really felt and he's like oh yeah, yeah so all right so next one over here. Anybody have any questions on the bench press? Well, not the bench Study the mind muscle connection over there. I'll just drop it down in the comments. I'll address those ones, or you could speak up too as well. And yeah. All right. Next one. Working out when you didn't have a good night's sleep, you should you take a rest day or go the next day? Now, I'm going to say you should just go mm-hmm. for that day. Now, the biggest reason why is to build that discipline right? Because building that discipline is going to help you get towards that end goal much more than that one day you took off itself. So I was like Bejo Kulian itself is a guy in the fitness industry. I guess I remember coming across one of his videos because people are sharing it all over. And it's like, um, well, motivation comes and goes. It's like, you got to make sure you go when like, you know, you're feeling it, but you know, when it's raining or storming, you still do it. You know, when it's thing you want to do, you still do it. And that's like, you have to go on with like a whole bunch of different scenarios, but basically it's, a, you still do it. That discipline is, you still do it at the end of the day. Right. And I truly do believe in this because I used to, like, I used to work five jobs at one point and a couple of times I couldn't make my workout happen in like the time I wanted to. And I was at the very end of the day, I'm so freaking tired. Maybe i worked work like three shifts that day and it'd be like 12 PM or 1 AM. But I said, I was going to do my workout and I was on my actual plan and I was in my car. In my car over there, have my gym bag, everything over there. And I was debating, I'm like, I'm really tired, I go to the gym, right? But, and then I, I don't want to go to the gym, I'm tired, no, Kevin, you go tomorrow, right? It's an internal debate. I'm sure some guys have that sometimes. Maybe it's at home, maybe it's in the car, maybe it's after a long day of work. And then I, I remember catching myself a couple of times because I, I practice this. I'm like, once I really realized I was in that debate, I'm like, okay, snapped out of it. I'm like, three, two, one, just turn in my car, start driving to the gym. Right? I just started driving to the gym. Even though they'll drive there, I was like, man, I should really turn home. But I kept driving and driving. And I got there. Even when I got to the gym, sometimes, like, man, I should just go home. I should. And then I told myself, I'm like, once I caught myself, I'm like, three, two, one. I got in my car, cracked my gym bags. Even when I was changing, I'm like, man, like, I could back out. And once I really started catching that, I'm like, three, two, one. And then I came out. And then I got myself into the workout. Even when I was working out, first like, five, 10 minutes, I didn't want to do it. I'm just like, okay. I'm just going to do it itself and just get like, you know, and then usually like 10 or 20 minutes in that's when you feel good into that workout. But I had so many of those days, I cannot tell you. And especially when I'm bodybuilding prep, when I'm having no energy, I debate myself all the time. And I promise you, once you really start building that discipline and really start to have those because most of you guys probably never thought I had those problems over there. You really build a discipline for yourself. I promise you that discipline it's going to help in so many different areas in life, not just in fitness, not just in achieving the dream body in so many fucking other areas too, because you build that trust with yourself. And that's so important. And I believe that fitness is, it goes pretty much to all aspects of life. Because once you tell it, once you like commit to your goals, once you do the things you're going to do, or you say you're going to do, you have that confidence in so many other areas and you just, you feel different. Like you walk with the chest up, you, you walk differently. People notice something different about you. And like another client, Manolito, I got on phone with him other day itself. To I mean, I think he loved his progress. He loved everything, and he's telling me all this too. Like literally before the 60 weeks to start with me itself was uh, it's the first phase. He was walk he was walking like his chest down more like uh, this, and like his head more down. But now he told me the other day, pretty much he's walking like his chest up now. He's smiling, and like all his friends said, he looks so much different, and, and like he's just said something's different about him. And he was asking him how he did it, and like what he did, and just. It honestly really made me smile so i promise you once you really do all these things because a big part with him i'm going to give you justin your comments over here Zach, but he committed to himself like i remember like his third week in he just matched me all of a sudden because he was partying this also we kind of like as well right? um before he went to start with me he was partying every single weekend drinking every single weekend it's off but then he in the past like the three months since he's very much um said like he made that commitment i think it's three months or two weeks in because like two weeks in or three weeks in or something I forgot exactly what date he was like Kevin I like he's seen great results already he's like I'm gonna take it even more seriously I'm not gonna party anymore right and like that was a huge moment and he, he'd been like part of like three times to kind of sink in like the four months and he didn't really drink too much he limited himself in the drinks like one or two in the nights off uh I think one night he he had like maybe four but the other two it was like one or two in there but nonetheless he his lifestyle completely changed he feels so much different and it just made me smile like he wants to take it to the next level and he told me he had a lot of respect for people like me now or people who were more fit because he didn't realize how much work it took but it was it's a big eye-opener for him. everything else in his life changed all right so that was like a little sign over there i guess from the actual topic but i feel like that is like the, the basically discipline is why you should go for the next day over there because you're not going to feel like it when you do do it and you don't feel like it you build so much more all right, so what happens when you got mind-muscle connection, but the muscle gets fatigued and breaks the connection? All right, so that's actually a really good question because I experienced that too as well. Is once that kind of say you break that connection? So let's just say some guys might not kind of fully understand that, but for you guys who actually get that mind-muscle connection or kind of actually felt it before, is let's just say I'm gonna read an example. Like for example, I was doing rope pullover today. I had like a really, really good mind-muscle connection up until like, oh, like I had my, I was in the 15 reps up until like 12 reps. And then I didn't really have as great as mind-muscle connection. I was using a little, I was like swinging just a little bit more in that sense. So I didn't have the exact same technique for that rep. And that's fine, right? Because that muscle is getting fatigued to that point where you need some other muscles to assist, right? Which is great because that means you do have a great mind-muscle connection with exercise, Right when you're lots of say, in the mind muscle and the pullovers get fatigued so much that your body needs to use the biceps a little bit. That's fine. Right. To get those extra kind of few reps. Cause that means you're actually pushing it up and challenge yourself close to, or at that failure range. So that's completely fine. Dustin Uh great job, man. That means you're doing great. I hope you guys made sense in that one. Uh, if you guys understood that or not, I'll let me know in the comments. All right. Last but not least, Bench press shoulder position form. so. Bench press shoulder position. Now I'm just going to go for the whole kind of form thing, which I had a bench press to show you, but one of the big things is you want to keep that chest up. So if you guys have your chest sagged down, because this applies to all your chest exercise, by the way. So if you guys look, say you press like this, you have your chest sagged down and this could be due to bad posture, because I personally am my desk like this all day. So I naturally have what we call like my, my fingers more forward and my posture is not that great. So my chest is always tight, which is naturally to my shoulders around and forward in that sense. And if I do press like this with my natural bench press position, I'm going to use like pretty much all my shoulders. Right. And that's probably why I couldn't go really well at first two as well, because I just have really tight chest. And my posture wasn't great. But once I kind of actually learned this. And you want to basically think about squeezing your shoulder blades together, keeping that chest up high. I like about even thinking about like bringing my traps down a little bit because that really emphasizes that. So now that I have a strong position over here, my chest is up. And then my shoulders, you don't want you don't want them at 90. You want them at like a 45. Because even the 90, even here, that's going to use more of that front delts. Oh, we got another person tuning in. All right. So we got Dillion tuning in too, except this is near the end of it are uh, basically talking about bench press position going back to it you don't want them at 90 you want them about like 45 degrees over here chest up and when you press up you want to think about basically touching your bias together now you can let your shoulder blades retract a little bit when gonna retract when we protract actually basically let come forward like you don't have to just keep it like this the whole time Right? you can let them kind of naturally protract and retract but you don't want to emphasize it that much where you completely route forward. So it's like kind of like a fine line, right? You still want that chest up over there, but you don't want it sagging down. Cause once your chest sags down, just not really getting worked. So that chest is still up though, but it looks like more like like this. So natural retraction. And when you do come back to, I like to think about really retracting them even more, cause that's gonna get even a deeper stretch. And when I'm retracting my shoulder blades is almost think about having like a pencil squeezed between your back over there and you're trying to squeeze it together right retracting it on the way down you're going to feel an even deeper stretch on your chest and you're going to think about touching your elbows together and squeezing that so if you think to try right now you guys would feel a lot more so kind of sum it all up is shoulders back drops down elbows at like a 45 degrees and then i'm going this comes with all the chest exercise once again you want to think about pressing basically and touching your biceps together then on the way down, retracting shoulder blades, so you're gonna feel a nice little stretch. Repeat that, right? So if you do that right now. If you guys want to try that itself, I promise you guys would feel that quite a bit more, and it would help you out. So that applies for all of the chest exercises once again. So with that being said, even with like, I mean, leg position is a little bit different, for like, I'm mean, not, going well, not really. Um, I was gonna show you basically you want to bring your legs back a little bit, point your toes out, so almost like squeezing your glutes just a little bit. Because the point with all the exercises that we're like pressing ones, you want most amount of stability. So one of my stability is if I just stood up right now and just stood straight, someone could probably push me over a little bit easier. But if I let's say squatted down or something like that, it's gonna be a little hard to kind of push me over, right? So if I want to have my legs back and like squeezing my over there, it's gonna be harder to kind of move my frame or push it. So for example, if your legs are kind of like dangly, on, you know, much of my screen, I can see, but let's say on my legs over here. If, that, if I don't flex them at all, and I can move up. That's not very great. You want to, to like point your toes outwards. Hold on. basically you want to point your toes outward slightly and like it almost flexes your glutes a little bit. So I can't move my leg. Cause if it's like straight like this, I can move my legs like this. I'm not very stable in any of my pressing motions. So if I point them out like this, it's going to naturally be more stable and I want to keep them like flexed almost that sense. And then that's for like all your and exercises, right? So once you start pressing, you have a nice stable frame in your lower body to your upper body. And that's when you guys are able to press more weight, also move more weight and See that results in that sense all right so hopefully that makes sense over there about your leg positioning when it comes to chest exercises uh because that is one thing i took me quite a while to learn through as well and yeah all right so that is the end of the live over here with all those topics thank you guys for tuning in to the live to inspire podcast the number one podcast for men in the 20s trying to lose weight and get abs the first time my mission is to inspire others to be the best version of themselves to fitness. So if you guys are tuning into this episode and want to lose weight and get your abs showing for the very first time, then DM me the words abs on Instagram at KevinWuWu underscore. That is K-E-V-I-N-W-U-W underscore. And we'll have a chat whether or not I can help you out lose that weight to get your abs showing for the first time. That is the ending of today's episode of the Live to Inspire Podcast. If you learned something today, then make sure you hit that subscribe button so you never miss out on an episode. Also, if you leave a written review on this podcast, that would be greatly appreciated because that pushes this podcast to more people just like you.